visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cape and Cowl podcast, where we talk about comics and comics culture. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm joined by Henry Liu. Hello. What's happening? Oh, you know. The huge? Yes. All right, man. So today we're going to talk about Wonder Woman and a bit of DC. Uh, yeah. This weekend is going to be Memorial Day weekend, so we're not going to be uh, having a show. Uh, so when we return, Henry and I will have already seen the Wonder Woman movie that's premiering June 2nd. And Henry, you have your tickets. I do. I so do, do I. Yep. We got yeah. our bracelets and tiaras shining, <laughs> ready to go. Exactly. I'm super pumped for this movie. It looks good. All right, man. So let's dive into Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, well, we were talking about, uh, previously we were talking about uh, the merchandising behind these superhero properties, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think with, with the movie coming out, you like to do what I like to do and that's to kind of represent, right? You yeah. show up at the movie theater. Get into the spirit of the know? movie. Yeah, like if it's if it's a new Captain America movie, I like to wear my, my Cap Shield shirt, you know, something along those lines. Um, but you ran into a bit of an issue here with Wonder Woman, right? You were looking <laughs> yeah. for a Wonder Woman shirt. Yeah, so if, if anyone knows me, like I, I very much like to be in the spirit of these movies coming out. So I'll wear a T-shirt or a hat or something that's, in line with the movie. Yeah. This time around, it's been a little interesting. I've been trying to find a Wonder Woman shirt to wear for the film, and they are hard to come by. If you go to your Targets or your Walmarts, yeah, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, it's almost exclusively in the women and girls section. Right, right, right. And these sections, you will find... The reverse, right? You'll find a Batman shirt, an Iron Man shirt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. But it doesn't work both ways, right? Right, right. Unless you're a man comfortable with wearing a pink girl cut tee, <laughs> uh, no judgment on that. Um, yeah. But it is hard to come by male Wonder Woman shirts. I mean, you can find them online, but they're not as easily available as you would your, you know, mainstream male heroes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a double standard thing going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it reminded me of, of, of a few things. One of them was uh, a guy talking about Star Wars, The Force Awakens. You know, everyone loved Rey. Uh, he yeah. was a, you know, she was a big fan favorite. And I, I heard a few guys talking about how it was impossible for them to find, you know, a male cut Rey shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. very similar to Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but that's kind of the way it is. And, you know, I thought of anything with this movie, the Wonder Woman movie, that that might be that might kind of buck the trend, right? This is a, a big major release. A lot of people are looking forward to it. I thought maybe, oh, here's where we'll start seeing that sort of thing. There'll be like a men's cut Wonder Woman shirt, and you know, it doesn't have to be pink and and super girly, but glittery. Yeah, but something in there, you know, but it really hasn't been the case. So that's no. Kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, another thing this brings up too is I was at Comic-Con a few years back and there was a panel. It was uh it was influential women in pop culture and Gal Gadot was one of the panelists. Okay. There was a, a kid that came up to the mic to ask a question. He had to have been, you know, 12 or 15. 
uh, wearing a Wonder Woman shirt. And his question was very specific to that. He said, why, why are girls able to wear, you know, Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, but boys, it's not accepted for them to wear a Wonder Woman shirt. And he mentioned yeah. how his, you know, people would make fun of him at school because he's wearing a Wonder Woman shirt. And I thought uh, that was an interesting comment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, well, first of all, where did he get that shirt? <laughs> like, you weren't able to find a shirt like that, right? For, uh, like a men's cut? He must be a bigger Wonder Woman fan than me <laughs> to find well, a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Well, also, you're, you said this was at San Diego Comic-Con, It was at right? Comic-Con, so, yeah. So, I mean, so. yeah, shirts of, of, of any character you'll find readily available at any booth yeah. at Comic-Con. We're talking with your your search earlier, more like the targets of the world and right. major um, distributors and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you dig hard enough. You can find this stuff. Yeah, you'll, you'll find them online. It's just yeah. you're not going to be able to go and find it the day of the movie and say, I'm ready to wear this shirt. Yeah. I'm ready to wear this hat. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, uh, did Gal Gadot have a response to that question? Like, what was her her thoughts on it? Yeah, her reaction was like, exactly, what is the problem? And she said, you know, you should really wear it proudly. Yeah. Make a statement. Yeah, that's cool. That's the way it should be, right? It should be. It should go both ways, right? You know, it's it's kind of unfortunate that that it doesn't. So yeah. But you know, um, like I said earlier, you know, merchandising aside, I think a lot of people are are pretty excited about this movie. You know, there's a lot of optimism. Um, you know, I think both you and I are really looking forward to it, and. Um, yeah, you know, exciting. exciting I think what's times. really exciting too is that Warner Brothers they opened up with Batman versus Superman. Uh, next with Suicide Squad, they've all been ensembles of characters getting together. This is going to be DC's first solo character outside of Batman and Superman. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, they've kind of they've kind of used their their old reliable backups. You know, Batman and Superman. Um, for the most part, you know, even uh, in the Suicide Squad movie, Batman did appear. Uh, so they've really been relying on, on that. But, you know, yeah, for the first time, they're kind of breaking free from that a bit, right? So let's talk about that, man. So, um, you know, something we haven't delved into much on the show to date is is this backlash on the DC movies, you know? Um, Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> Gloves are Get off. Get ready. Here we yeah. go. Get ready to rumble. Yeah. We had some discussions off mic about this, and we, we're we not really the ones to, to, to get into a fight over things. Uh, so I'm thinking we'll keep this pretty civil. But um, I'm ready to fight. Oh, oh yeah? <laughs> Uh-oh. Watch out. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I – think, uh, what can't be ignored is all the negativity that has has surrounded these DC movies ever since the 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 Chris Nolan Batman trilogy, which was pretty much universally loved. Critics really dug those movies. Fans dug it. Casual fans, hardcore fans. Um, but that really has changed, you know, with the the quote unquote DC EU. So that's the universe that does include. Man of Steel, BVS, 
Suicide Squad, and now Wonder Woman. Right? You know, I, I would make the argument that Batman Begins is what helped put superhero movies on the map. I was a big part of it. I think most, more specifically, it's the realism in superhero movies. You know, it really injected that realism where you can really feel like these could be real people, you know. And also the scope of the film. Like, if you look at Batman Begins, it's it's a really good film, not just a really good superhero film. I mean, it really takes mm-hmm. it out into the real world. It's a bigger scope. It's not, you know, the, the, the claustrophobia of being shot just on a studio set. Like, it's not there. Like, it goes around the world. Yeah. Definitely. That really, that that kind of embracing of, of these Batman movies really changed, you know, um, where the critics were really into the Batman trilogy and really into the these uh, Marvel Studios movies. Their critical reception was really not there, starting with Man of Steel, and then it dropped off really even further further with BVS and Suicide Squad. So um, it is interesting that uh, it seems like there's a lot of optimism towards Wonder Woman. You know, it hasn't come out yet, but it seems like a lot of people are pretty excited. And a lot of people have the, the mindset that, oh, this is, this is where the DCEU kind of breaks through. This looks like it's actually going to be a really good movie. Um, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on on kind of the negativity that has, has preceded Wonder Woman that, you know, between Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, um, that whole backlash. What are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, I think there's a lot of different angles you could take here. Um, I mean, Marvel, they were the first to create the, you know, the ensemble of superheroes all on one screen with the Avengers. But what led up to the Avengers was the solo films, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America. So there was a buildup. And it seemed like DC didn't want to follow that same formula. Right. It seemed like the formula they were going after was, let's throw everything on screen and then we'll break off into solo films. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, right off the bat, it's very different from Marvel. And I think everyone is comparing it to Marvel right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, that ingrained DC versus Marvel, you know, rivalry is is already there. It's the, The mindset is already there. Yeah, I think that's that was part of the criticism. I remember that there that DC was kind of putting the cart in front of the horse, where you know uh, Marvel was doing these solo flicks leading up to a team up movie, The Avengers, and it was kind of like a, a low risk um, sort of copying of The Avengers with uh, Justice League, right? So were they, or not even Justice League with with BVS. I mean, we are we are already seeing the new Batman, Ben Affleck, in his first DCEU movie, and it was already a team up then, right? Uh, we should probably talk about the Ben Affleck casting as well, because right yeah. out, right away, everyone just completely booed and hated the idea <laughs> yeah. of Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, yeah, I remember when that came out. When when that news came out, there was it was like a. It was like a wildfire. You know, there's haters everywhere. Everyone chimed in on their thoughts, and there's a lot of negativity. Everyone thought of Gili. <laughs> Everyone thought of Daredevil. Everyone yeah. thought of every bad aspect and everything they hated about Ben Affleck. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, Affleck has 
you know, he his career isn't perfect. He's he's chosen some some pretty bad roles, but he's also chosen a lot of great roles. Um, but yeah, when that news came out, people really latched on towards his, the, the shittier movies he's done, and the, the, a lot of focus on his on the crap he's done. You know, I was like, wait a second, hold on, give him give him a shot here, <laughs> give him a chance. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, the, the, when they announce these castings, usually they're well in advance of the film's release, right? This was a long time ago, and people were already, like, just shitting on it, you know? And it, it's, you know, n- not only has the movie not come out, it's it's not going to come out for a long-ass time, right? So it's pretty wild, the, the, the world we live in now. All the, all the Daredevil references, though. Yeah. I mean, you know where I stand with Daredevil. Like, was Daredevil... Was it a terrible movie? I mean, it wasn't perfect, but if you if you look at Ben Affleck's performance in that movie, he had every opportunity to be incredibly cheesy, mm-hmm. incredibly sappy, but I feel like he didn't go overboard. I think the movie yeah. overall it was just written pretty badly. Yeah, it's been a while a while since I've seen that one, but uh, written know. badly in the sense that you know Bullseye's character. Yeah, Kane's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a whole lot of depth to those characters, right. and that's what that's what that's what Ben Affleck as Daredevil had to okay. deal with. Oh, so you're saying maybe it wasn't so much his fault, but maybe more so the writers and the director. I don't think it was possibly. Affleck's fault. I thought he yeah. actually did a really good job <laughs> in that movie, aside from that whole like exchange with him and Elektra in the playground, uh-huh. which I mean, <laughs> it seemed pretty ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. I'm sure it would work well in the comics, but just not on screen. Mm. Like, if I were to throw that part out of the movie, like, maybe the movie would have been okay. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, kind of just a side note, I think we've talked a bit before about these uh, comic book adaptations, and it's not easy, you know? You can't simply just copy what's in the comics word for word, panel by panel. You really have to adapt you know it's called an adaptation you really have to adapt it you have to change it you have to make it work for the big screen and it's it's no small task you know it's 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 hard it's hard to make a good movie you know whether it's a comic book adaptation or not but yeah it's 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 not easy so should we put it out here for the record that you're a big marvel guy i'm a big dc guy yeah both of us have a love for both dc and marvel to, to certain degrees, right. yeah, okay. definitely. Okay, so I know you've loved all the Marvel movies, or for the most part, a lot, of them. a lot of them. Yeah, and and just to clarify, the Marvel Studios movies, you know, which are in general far superior than your Fox or Sony Marvel movie, yeah. Um, and what are your general feelings about, like, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad? Yeah, I got to say, you know, my my take on those movies is much like a, a lot of other people out there, you know, not very positive. Like, yeah, those three movies in particular, I didn't get a whole lot out of them, you know. Um, they kind of, t- to me, they're, they're, they remind me a little bit of uh, like these big, loud Michael Bay movies, like like Transformers, you know, along those lines. A lot of spectacle, a lot of explosions. Um, they're loud, you know. They're, they're, they're in your face, and, you know, they're, they're, they're like 
the kind of the, the definition of, of summer popcorn movies, you know, um, but but not a lot of you know substance behind them. You know, I, I didn't I find I found myself really in all three movies not really caring about the characters a whole lot, you know. So that's kind of my general take on those. So I love the DC movies for what they are. Okay. <laughs> oh, so what do you mean by that when you say for what they are? I mean, I feel like I let's see. I have a hard time explaining this to people that I love these movies because everyone keeps throwing my way how much they hate them. But uh, I feel like DC, like, okay, so if you look at Marvel movies, there's, you know, you can, you can sort you can see this, this formula that is being applied to all of them, which is why everyone loves them. Right. Yeah. So don't mess with the formula. Keep it, Mm -hmm. keep it at status quo. Right. (laughs) I feel like DC is trying to break that mold and take risks and, Unfortunately, people have not taken to those risks, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think the general consensus is that people don't like them. Yeah. Well, let's like give an example of because you know, for for the most part, you know, I don't see these movies as as taking big risks. You know, like doing the move of a team up early on. It seems like they're trying to cash in on the whole. Uh, Avengers team up model. Well, Batman and Superman, they killed Superman in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Will they ever kill Captain America? Will they ever kill Iron Man? Probably not. Although. Because they got to sell toys to kids. <laughs> they would never kill them on screen. This is true. But wouldn't you. Well, don't you think. This is definitely my perception is that when Superman died, he was. He would come back at some point. You know, it seemed to be. For sure, you know there was there was no it never crossed my mind. It's like oh he he's gone for good. You know I always thought oh, okay he's gonna be back somehow. Right. I mean after yeah. all, Agent Coulson came back and this is true. Rhodey didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean to me, I mean that's a, a decent argument, I guess. But just knowing that, like you're probably gonna see Superman back, and not not only just you know Superman and like some other actor, no, the Henry Cavill version is going to be back. I mean, to me, there's kind of no question. So I, I, it didn't hold a lot of weight, his death, you know. Is that because we know he already comes back because we've read the death of Superman and we know he's still around? Uh, that's very possible. You know, <laughs> we being comic book nerds, we kind of know a lot of the history of the comics, right? So in the comics, we know there's this resurrection thing. So yeah, maybe the the average fan average moviegoer doesn't know that and maybe that was pretty hard hitting you know maybe yeah. I don't but, know I mean don't get me wrong like I love all the Marvel movies I love all the DC movies um, but it's it's interesting being a fan of the DC movies when everyone else around you hates it yeah you know I think the DC movies I and mean, they've definitely taken a darker tone I think they've mm-hmm. taken sort of the extreme side of things again yeah. the risks that they're looking to take to sort of break away from the Marvel formula yeah and yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I don't hate them. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> they might not be exactly the way I had imagined they would be on screen. I mean, someone made a comment to me. They're like, man, there's no like, you know, in, in every Henry Cavill Superman, like there's no level of happiness in him in any of those movies. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, look, you're coming off of the heels of Christopher Reeve and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe even Brendan Routh to an extent. Mm-hmm. But again, like they're just trying to show that, you know, there's, you know, they're, they're trying to show more depth to these characters. Yeah. It's the darker side of it. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you're, you're basically saying that it's actually kind of a good thing that we're seeing a, a different type of Superman. If Superman is this happy-go-lucky, big smile on his face type guy all the time, then that can get boring, right? That can be... It can get a well, little I mean, tired. We've, we've seen that, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think they're trying to push that boundary, like, well, let's see a different side of Superman. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I can I can understand that point of view. And I have to tell you, like, you know, we've talked on the show before about how I uh, really enjoyed the Iron Fist show on Netflix. And, you know, that show obviously was, was not very well-received, well much like these DC movies. And I have empathy for you, basically, was what I'm trying to say, because <laughs> I've really felt like, oh, like this is kind of what it feels to be a big fan of those DCEU movies, right? Because you're kind of uh, up against the world, you know, everyone's kind of uh, against you, right? So, yeah, I definitely have empathy. And I, I, I hold strongly that, you know, you like what you like, you know, and if you like something that everyone else doesn't like you know that's it's okay you know that's, it's okay to have that perspective you know y- y- it may lead you to kind of question things but um the last thing you want is to just kind of give an opinion based on what other people think right right yeah yep. you know you got to be genuine you got to be honest to yourself have right? you noticed this thing though like people that hate something that you love like they have to as if they're convincing you, like, hey, yeah, I want you to hate this movie with me, too. Like, yeah. this is how terrible it is. I'm going to bullet point every single yeah, thing I hate about it. Right. It's almost like there's something wrong with you for liking it, so they want to fix you or, like, they want to convince you otherwise <laughs> or something. You know, it's, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, I, I had alluded to it, but, you know, with all the negativity of these movies so far, it seems like the tide is turning with Wonder Woman. Like the the the, the early buzz is quite positive. So I, I, there's a, there's this kind of feeling where people are like, "Oh, this is this is going to be good," you know. And, and not only DC fans, DC, DC movie fans like you, Rainier, but just the general consensus. People who didn't like the previous DC movies, even they're like, oh, hey, I think I might dig this. You know, this looks pretty good. So I'm curious you know, how this is going to pan out. Like, you know, hopefully Wonder Woman is a great success. And if that's the case, the other properties they're going to move into with individual movies, Batman's going to have his own movie, Flash is going to have his own movie. If those turn out to do well i wonder if people are going to look back in retrospect and say oh yeah batman and superman was pretty good yeah we'll see (laughs) you think it could turn the tides i I don't know about that (laughs) i mean i think it could turn the tide in terms of the perception of this universe you know people could a lot of people who were you know quote unquote haters might be like oh hey so I, i could like some of this stuff you know, this one look. This one was good. You know, so maybe the next one could be good too. I can. I mean, I can give you an example of what, how that happened for me. Like Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a good movie, but I walked yeah. away from that movie with the feeling of wow, they really played it safe with this one. <laughs> yeah. Like they, you know, it's. I wouldn't want to say cookie cutter, but like it didn't. You know, it didn't. I didn't walk away completely wowed by it. Yeah. Winter Soldier, different story. I was completely wowed by Winter Soldier. 
which made yeah. me come to appreciate the first Avenger. Yeah, I think um, that a lot of people share that same experience that Cap 2 really turned the tide. And yeah, not only were people really into it, but like you said, like it kind of put a fresh set of eyes on part one, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember after that first Cap movie came out, I really liked it a lot. Um, but it wasn't really the, the general consensus. People were fairly lukewarm on it. And yeah, they thought it was a little bit cookie cutter and not didn't take any huge risks. And see, that's the sort of theme that, that, that I've noticed with Marvel movies is that they it's it's like the first movie is is the test market. Let's see how people feel about it. And then from there, we'll retune the sequel. And as a thing, you know, another movie's coming out. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's that expectation. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, what's interesting about Batman Begins, though, is when Christopher Nolan made that movie, he made it without the intention of making a second, let alone a trilogy. And, oh. and I think that formula worked really well because then each of those movies, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, they, they are all really standalone movies. Like, you don't yeah. have to watch... Batman begins to understand, you know, the Dark Knight and, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Like they're all self-contained stories. Yeah. I think there's something to that, what you just said. Making a movie without the expectation of a sequel or a trilogy in mind. I mean, that's how the first Star Wars was was made. You know, when Lucas made that movie, it was, I mean, he just wanted to get the movie done. He he didn't have, you know, he, he, he didn't know... Right. And I'm sure you didn't expect that it would turn out into this into this uh, huge franchise, right? And then you look at movies like uh, the Matrix trilogy, same thing, right? The first Matrix movie was amazing, and the Wachowski brothers did that just with a standalone movie in mind. So when they when they got the green light to do a trilogy, that's kind of where things went downhill, right? Yeah, not a lot of steam with the second and third. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's kind of a, a bit of a trap there you know you're, you're given if if a studio has been given free reign to roll out a whole trilogy multi-picture deal whatever yeah it could get it could be to the detriment of that franchise you know yeah and you look at the the first iron man movie from marvel studios same thing like that was a pretty risky movie and you could argue if that was a big flop then there would be no MCU, there would be no Marvel Studios, um, and they were just doing that. You know, Favreau directed that with, okay, um, with with this in mind that he would just be making one Iron Man movie, and he, he was just wanting to get it done and and do the best movie he could. But he, he didn't have any thoughts of like doing having this lead into the Avengers and this huge. Uh, cinematic universe. Yeah, you know, the thing is is that I feel like a lot of movies that are coming out, a lot of superhero movies that are coming out, the expectation is that they're supposed to be a trilogy. And what's interesting with Marvel is that it's almost as if every Marvel movie now is just a tease for the bigger movie that's going to come out next. Mm -hmm. And also even bigger is how is it going to fit into the bigger Avengers story. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it always sort of feels you, it, it it always makes you feel like you want, you know, more of it. And is that, oh, yeah. and that that's the formula, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's a tease, and you'll get more of it later. And then when you get more of it later, it's a tease for an additional, you know, uh, amount of storyline that's going to fit into the bigger picture. And I, I can, I can, I, I wonder if that's if that's frustrating or challenging for the writers. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a totally different way to write a movie screenplay, right? Like, we talked about before how like, we're talking about uh, Watchmen a little bit, how, like, the potential HBO Watchmen series um, might be a better fit to the medium than the Zack Snyder movie because um, comic books are inherently episodic, right? So, okay, maybe TV is better. But what Marvel Studios has done is they've made movies episodic. There's so many of these movies now, and like you said, there's like each one teases the next. Um, they've created that sort of comic book episodic nature in movie form, so it's pretty wild and, and kind of genius if you think about it, what, what they've done there. And the audiences, myself included, I'm just craving more, you know, like you watch a great movie like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is great, but you know, those all those uh, post-credit scenes, it just it just made me want more. It's like, oh my God, I can't wait for what lies ahead, you know? What do you think? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to, to jump back on like why I like the DC films, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm a big batman justice league dc guy yeah so there's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for these movies whether they're terrible or they're good in my opinion i thought they were really good mm-hmm. i mean they had everything that i was i was looking to expect in in you know dc films yeah it's not marvel yeah um and i'm glad they they took you know the risk that they did mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see how the rest of the dcu opens up uh the dc movie universe right dc what is it yeah dceu which is extended universe. Yeah, which is kind of an odd title. I guess they consider the the TV universe the primary universe. Or, I don't yeah, know. if you're not watching the CW stuff, like Flash is really good. You know, I, I still really enjoy Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm missing another one. Uh, Supergirl. Yeah, we got well, they, Black Lightning. Black Lightning is coming right? up. Yeah, they've opened quite the extended universe for DC on television. And in my yeah. opinion, I think it works better for television. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you have a longer form to tell, you know, more stories. Yeah. Now, wh- one of the complaints I've heard is that, well, I guess specifically is w- with with Suicide Squad, for example, like they put together this team of, of special individuals to, to do, you know, whatever needs to get done, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me and to a lot of people, it made sense to have um, these characters with extreme, uh, extraordinary talent. So like someone like Diablo who has, who's very powerful, you know, and, um, you know, someone like, uh, like the Enchantress, you know, with, with really special abilities. Like, so how then does someone like Harley Quinn fit into the picture? And even arguably like Deadshot who, I mean, these two characters, were a lot of fun. I enjoyed the Will Smith and um, what's the actress who plays Harley? Margot Robbie. <laughs> Margot Robbie. Yeah, performances. I actually forget her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you got to wonder, like, it, there, was a, there was a comment early in the movie saying they want to fight off threats. Like, what if Superman kind of turned against Earth? They want to have some sort of backup plan. Like how 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 does like a Harley Quinn or Deadshot fit into that equation? You know. Well, Harley's got a really big mallet, <laughs> and she's got great costume choices. <laughs> I don't think anyone's arguing about the the costumes for Harley. 
<laughs> I mean, if you're talking about it in the context of the movie, maybe she was the only female available. <laughs> <laughs> maybe those were the only guys that they had, and they were yeah. like, let's throw all of them in there. Yeah. Would you say, it sounds like, it sounds like you're kind of a, the perspective that, well, I mean, these are these movies are pretty far fetched as it is. So why, why really get super nitpicky like that on 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 plot details? Is that kind of what you're saying? I mean, you can analyze the shit out of this stuff back and forth after watching the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, so let's see. What are the other common complaints? People were complaining about Diablo's line about how. Oh, something along the lines of like, oh, your family, you know, you're my family now or something like that. Yeah. And if you look at the timeline of the movie, these guys are really together for like, what, 48 hours? <laughs> yeah. And now somebody's yeah. throwing a line like, oh, you're my family. Yeah. I mean, like things like that. I don't know. That's not a huge deal to me. I mean, that's right. These are supposed to be crazy people. They say crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is the fact that with the Nolan trilogy, there was this realism to it, right? Maybe that's what some people were sort of expecting. And in a way, I guess you you, you shouldn't have that perspective with, with this new universe, right? It, it does seem really fantastical and, and out there, you know? Like, like logic doesn't apply in a lot of cases, right? So maybe that's a perspective you want to go you, you want to go with <laughs> watching yeah. these movies? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the, the, the bigger picture of how, like, movies are made, but... Yeah. I do know that David Ayer's original, like, release was was changed quite a bit. Mm. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. In post-production because they wanted to add... They wanted to add humor and make mm-hmm. it a little bit lighter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you seen the, the... They did release the extended version, which I think was the original cut. I did see it. And they did the same for yeah. Batman versus Superman. Like they, the original cut was like, geez, I think like three hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Like it exceeded the three hour mark. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's interesting what, what, it, what it would have been like had the original vision of the director been released. I yeah. saw both. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see the reasons for the cuts that were made. Although I did like the extended version of Batman versus Superman. There were some extra cuts in there mm-hmm. that I think were helpful for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how people would react to sitting to a three and a half hour movie <laughs> <laughs> in <Yeah>. the theaters. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the length of these movies are they're getting kind of longer and longer, right? So yeah. that can be kind of tough. And that's a big deal, right? Because then the longer the movies, the less showings you have in a theater and that's less money for the theater, right? Yeah. So there's that aspect of it. Yeah. I think for the most part, yeah, um, for for a movie's box office, as well as the the, the audience enjoyment of, of these movies, I think kind of keeping the runtime down yeah. makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, you know, and real quick... Uh, like we talked about Watchmen last episode and we didn't, one thing we tried to be kind of, you know, all inclusive, talk all things Watchmen. What we didn't talk about is all the, the different cuts of the movie. You know, there was a director's cut. There was what they called, I think the ultimate cut. And oh, there was more than one cut. There was more than one cut. Yeah. And I've seen um, all different versions and, I have to say, just due to keeping the runtime down, I, my favorite was the shortest, the theatrical release. You know, um, even that was pretty long. I think it was like two and a half hours. So, um, yeah, with all these uh, extra long cuts, I think generally not the best idea. 
um, yeah, a movie, to me, a movie shouldn't be longer than like two and a half hours. I mean, that's pretty long right there. But there's just so much stuff to put in those movies, right? Yeah. That's why it's so hard to keep them like short and sweet. Yeah. Well, that to me, that goes back to the whole adapting a comic book property the right way. You know, like, for example, the, the director's cut of Watchmen, there was some pretty cool stuff in there. There was a lot more of, of the original Night Owl Hollis Mason, there was a lot more of his stuff. Um, and that was cool, but I mean, like I said, it was already long enough as it was, and it just worked better to kind of shave off the extraneous stuff. And, you know, like I, I could feel Zack Snyder really wanted to include all that stuff because, you know, he really, he really uh, wanted to honor the original source material. But I mean, my perspective is the best way to honor it is to make as good a movie as possible. And if that means taking out some stuff, it means taking out some stuff, Let right? It be, as long as it lives on the Blu-ray, right? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> if you can have, like, a deleted scenes section or, like, a whole, yeah. like, alternate cut, then there's that. But in general, like, I think, yeah, keep, keep these movies yeah. to a decent runtime. You know, so, so in my opinion, I mean, here's the thing, and I just thought about this, is that... I mean, you and I read comics. It's not uncommon for different writers to come on board, different artists to come on board. So you see different versions of characters and their storylines and how they progress, right? Yeah. So, you know, for people that don't read comics and only hold the the movie continuity as as their soul as soul canon, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I could see why people would have issues, like. Oh, Ben Affleck as Batman? That's not my Batman, right? Like, yeah. I can see people having those issues. But to me, it's like it's a version of of these characters, mm-hmm. right? It's just another version, yeah. another retelling of these characters. I'm not – it's not like these are set in stone. Like, I love Christian Bale as Batman, but I know he's not going to play Batman forever. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I totally agree. Like, like if you look at it in the lens of like, oh, my God, they're totally destroying these DC movies. They're, they're – all going to be fucked up from here on end. <laughs> but in my opinion, it's like, you know, a lot of these, who, who would ever have thought they would make a, suic- a Suicide Squad movie yeah. or a Batman versus Superman movie, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like a lot of, all of these movies coming together, like it's just opening up more doors for more stories to be told. Yeah, some you're going to love, some you're going to hate, shit happens. Yeah, yeah. And I really like your comparison to comic books. So comic books are cyclical. You can't have the same artist and writer on a series for its entire run, you know? No. Yeah, so things change. You know, there's one creator's interpretation of the character, and there's another creator's interpretation. And then, you know, you get into um, team-up books like Avengers and Justice League, and you'll have a different set of creators, and they have their interpretation of, of these characters. So... Um, yeah, I think that's that's spot on, man. Like in terms of movies, especially now where we with the Marvel Studios movies, we've only seen one incarnation of Captain America, one incarnation of Iron Man. Um, for the most part, it's just been like one actor. You know, that's going to change, you know. And um, I think the sooner fans can sort of have that perspective, like nothing is permanent. Then I think that that'd be yeah. everyone would be better off. Yeah. How many times have Spider-Man be rebooted? How many times has Spider-Man been rebooted? Yeah. How many times have the Hulk? 
been yep. rebooted. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Even even within Marvel, you know, there's only there's only been one Cap and one Iron Man. But look at a lot of these other characters. There's been a whole bunch of different actors. You know, different directors, different writers, and um, yeah, yeah. I think it's best so, not to hold on to it too tightly. What's another nitpicky thing I've heard about these movies? Uh, a lot of people approach me about how they thought it was ridiculous that you know Clark and Bruce ended fighting because you know Clark mentioned his mother's name Martha. Oh yeah, and yeah. so Clark and Bruce they have a, they both have mothers that share the same name Martha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the way I saw it, it, I thought it was poetic because they started the movie <laughs> with Bruce Wayne. They started with Bruce Wayne's backstory, right, with his parents getting killed. And the last thing that he sees his father saying that comes from his mouth is Martha, right? And so, you know, you fast forward to where this is going. And, you know, I'm sure his mother's name still resonates in his head because it was the last thing his dying father said to him before he died. Yeah, yeah. And people sort of nitpick at, wow, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Martha, 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 (laughs) right? I don't know. I, that one was a little tough for me to take, but <laughs> not a, that's not a far stretch from when you know Cap and Bucky. You know, I'm here with you till the end, right? Uh-huh. I mean that they stopped fighting because <laughs> of that line, right? That line was thrown in the beginning of the movie when they were younger, before, uh-huh. you know, pre Super Soldier Serum, and then you know, cut to the end of Winter Soldier, it stops. It stops Cap in his tracks, right? Well, it, or it stops, uh, Bucky. It stops, it stops Bucky, Bucky in his tracks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a good comparison. You know, I'm not quite buying your argument, but <laughs> but you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. It makes sense. You know, I guess. <laughs> Believe it. All right. All right. I think this is time to bring this conversation to a conclusion. I know that others will have opinions about DC movies and Marvel movies, yeah. uh, namely Aton. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a big DC guy. That's right. Uh, it'll be great to get his opinion on this. So to be continued with this conversation. Oh, yeah. And in terms of, you know, DC movies versus Marvel movies, there really is no end to that conversation. So, you know, we're all you know. winners, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> we're all winners. Right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So today's uh, May 22nd. Uh, new comic book day is coming this Wednesday. Uh, Henry, any books you're, uh, you know, you're keeping an eye out for? Uh, yeah, I was looking at the list and as is uh, the case sometimes, nothing really jumped out at me. Uh, there was one title, though, that kind of uh, piqued my interest. I saw that on Wednesday, uh, The Dark Crystal issue three is coming out. So couple things here uh, this is a, a boom studios release I, I just wanted to, to note that I'm a big fan of this movie the dark crystal R- really kind of fun uh, movie from the 80s and and had uh, like it was when puppets were were really big you know uh, puppets, CGI yeah like all practical effects you know puppets a la fraggle rock or or a labyrinth you know along that in that vein, you know, and I think Dark Crystal, I think maybe is my favorite of, of that whole bunch. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about they don't make movies like this anymore. They definitely don't make movies like this anymore. Uh, but the reason I mention this particular comic is not only am I a Dark Crystal movie fan, but uh, there is a variant cover uh, by my man, Jay Lee, and his shit is dope always. So, I just wanted to call that out. How about you? 
Oh, let's see. We've got Batman and The Shadow number two. Uh, what's interesting about this book is that The Shadow is 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 one of the characters that inspired Bob Kane and Bill Finger to um, it played a part in creating Batman. And so it's interesting seeing these two characters in panel together. Oh, oh you're saying The Shadow was an influence on creating Batman? Yeah. Oh, I yep. did not know that. So it's – uh, Yeah. It's it's a I like the first issue. Looking forward to the second one. I'll be picking that up this week. Right on. All right. So this is Rainier and Henry saying farewell. We'll catch you next time. See ya.